Welcome back to the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. My name is Charlie Maverick. Blessed and highly favored to be with you again today. Let me ask you, are you ready for the 4th of July? Are you confident enough in your ability to grill, to take on a huge feat, to feed the entire group that's coming in for a cookout? Or are you supposed to? Bring something to a cookout that you already cooked. Maybe make sure that you put it on the grill real quick. Maybe something simple. I don't know. What's happening? Are you doing hot dogs and hamburgers? Are you taking it up another notch, doing some pulled pork, some ribs, some chicken, the whole kit and caboodle? Well, let's talk about getting ready for July 4th. Yeah, so you're ready for July 4th, right? You got all your accoutrement ready. <laughs> you got your grill ready. You got your spatula ready. You got your tongs ready. You got your apron ready. You said, hey, come over at like 4 o'clock and we'll kick it off. Or the usual time is 2, but nobody starts eating until close to 5. You know how it is. And then... You're feeling the pressure. You're feeling the pressure heating up as the time gets closer. You said, uh, this is going to be easy, but now you're sweating and you didn't even light up the grill. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to walk you through some stuff that you should stay away from and maybe some tips to help you look like a backyard pit master during the holidays. I'm glad that you can join me today so that I can be that shoulder that you're leading on to say, hey, brother, I'm having a time getting this grill game down packed. Can you help me? I'm here for you. Yes, I am. So let's talk about it. What are you doing first? What do you got on the spread? Do you got something simple? All right, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to look in your pantry, see what you got in terms of seasoning and see what you got in terms of accessories for your grill to set you up for success. You got to have the right tools and the right seasoning to get this right. I'm going to make this no pressure for you. All right. So what you do first, if you got a charcoal grill, make, for, make sure you got enough charcoal. Duh. <laughs> Make sure you don't have lighter fluid. <clears throat> Point, don't use lighter fluid, people. If you have lighter fluid, store it somewhere safe. Make sure the kids and the pets can't get to it. And uh, yeah, don't use it. Because cardinal rule, you don't want your food to the taste and smell like charcoal fluid. There's a lot of cookouts that you're going to go to, and there's a possibility that this is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing. So what you have to do is take your time and look and see 
what you have available for you so you can light your grill in a more natural, safe way. I would suggest getting some tumbleweed starters from Walmart. They're a Royal Oak brand, easy to find. You can find it at your local supermarket if you're not close to Walmart. They're everywhere. You can find the little wax cube starters. Just get those and you'll be fine. The next thing you need when you are using a charcoal grill, get a chimney starter. Trust me, you're going to love yourself later because you can light that wax starter or that tumbleweed starter under the coals and you can wait for a while and you can get a little impatient and not wait until the coals ash over. Then you put your food on and you still have that fuel taste like you did put lighter fluid on there. Don't do that. Get yourself a charcoal chimney and put at least half of the charcoal filled in that chimney. Put one of those wax starters or the tumbleweed starters below it. Light it up with your lighter. Come back in about 10, 15 minutes, but keep an eye on it just in case you're in a covered space and your coals are going to be red hot and ready to use. You can put it in the whole bed of coal area, or you can put it in a certain area to where you're doing indirect and direct hot and cool zone cooking. Yes. There you go. There you go. Also, hey, you don't have to get one of those starters. You can use a piece of paper and put it up under that chimney starter because it is versatile for that. It doesn't care what you put up under it. This as long as it's not severely flammable and you burn down your whole house. <laughs> and if you use this charcoal chimney, please to God, do not use lighter fluid. No, no, no. Some people have these fly, you know, torches that they use to start their fires. Unless you are comfortable with using that, I would say don't try to look like a hero <laughs> and use it for the first or second time. And then you either burn yourself, a little kid to standing by the grill say, ooh, what is that? Or you just look like a blooming idiot. All right. You want to look like a pro. So what you do is not use anything that you're not used to using, right? Okay. That's simple. Stay in your lane. Get in your comfort zone. Because the theme of today is being comfortable. And a comfortable cook is a confident cook. And a confident cook puts out good food. Yes. So next thing you want to do when you have a charcoal grill, is you want to make sure that you have one of those tools, like a brush, to go ahead and clean off the grate. When you clean off the grate, you might as well wait until the coals are hot, you put your grill grate on, and go ahead and clean it out there. Do not put soap and water on your grill grates. You will hate yourself later. It'll rust over. So if you're trying to clean up the grill, make it look good, If even if it is a propane grill or whatever it is, you just don't go in all willy-nilly and use soap and water. No, don't even use oven cleaner because you want to make sure that you don't have anything toxic left on there in terms of residue, right? Now, the oven cleaner will do you fine. It's not going to rust over anything, but it is going to give you the the room for error to have some chemicals that have not been burned off properly before you put your food on. So we want, again, to stay in that safe area and not have you look like no one should ever come to your cookout again. 
<laughs> the world's opening back up. Hey, it's been a while since people been at cookouts. Show off in a good way. All right. So with if you have a, I'd say, propane grill, no matter how big or small it is, make sure you have a couple of things set up for you. Yeah. Make sure you have enough propane. Yeah. I was asking my brother uh, how you kind of tell how much propane you got. Because you don't want to run out of propane right in the middle where you're cooking. You look like a blue minute idiot. So it's not really any easy way to tell unless you have a meter reader type of thing to see how much is left in there or a gauge. I'd say kind of pick it up and gauge how heavy it is versus the last time. If it feels like it's probably a little bit too light, hopefully you bought this tank and you know how much it weighs. <laughs> so just if it feels a little bit too light, Feel free to overcompensate and just go ahead and switch that one out for a new one or go to some place like Costco and they'll fill it for you. It's always better to be overprepared than underprepared so you don't have to go to the store in the middle of the cook because the chicken didn't cook all the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't do that. All right. Next, what we have is get a good set of tongs and this applies for everybody. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about you can be a beginner, a pro, or a pit master. Yes, there are a couple of levels to this, but make sure no matter what, you get a nice pair of tongs. If you have nothing else to handle the content that you have on your grill, you want to make sure you have a good set of tongs. That is the all-around special tool for a grill. You can have a spatula. That's great if you're just flipping burgers, but I'm telling you, you might love that really good tong if you get a really good one that has the ability to scoop something up, doesn't have a lot of ridges on it, that's probably going to tear your meat, has a good handle on it, is a really good length as well, so your hand is not right over the fire, and is sturdy enough so you can pick up something heavy like a rack of ribs at one time. I've had one of those grill sets that I've got and they look really nice. And the worst thing you can do is get one of those long uh, tongs that are mostly wood handle and it's just metal really at the tip. It looks nice. But when you start to use it, you realize, okay, this is kind of like <laughs> one of those, those hand um exercise things where you build up your forearm strength and your hand strength. It kind of go, it's kind of tough to close. And once you try to pick up something substantial with it, like something more heavier than a burger or a big burger, then it's going to fall off. It will literally not stay on the tongue. Yes. And the fork. Okay. So what's up with the whole fork thing? You know, like the two prong fork, that comes in all those grilling accessory kits. What is that for? I'm telling you, don't be that person that is sticking that fork in your meat. I've done that before. I made the mistake. I'm telling you, I've lived through that so you don't have to. Don't be the person that is letting all the juice run out or you're messing up the, the rub that you put so much effort to put on or, you know, something just happens and, you know, I don't know. You, you, you just don't want to poke 
meat like that. It sounds really bad. You don't want to poke the meat. Use a tong. It is the all-purpose tool for the grill. Get two of them so you can handle the coal or and you can handle the food. Get two tools to do two separate jobs. It could be the same tool, but not the same one that you're using because you don't want to contaminate the meat or you don't want to use this to shovel the coal or whatever, pick up the grill grate, and then you touch the food with it. That's just nasty, right? Make sure you're prepared. Cool. So the next thing you want to do is make sure you know how to butcher your meat. If you're making homemade burgers, make sure you, you do them in a nice way that it's going to be thick enough, not too thin, so you can have a chance for it to cook through on the on the barbecue, and then you can season it up. Key point, season your burgers. And when do I season burgers? If it's a fresh burger or a frozen burger, it doesn't matter. I like to do the outside seasoning beforehand if I can for a homemade burger, of course. And then you're going to do a last bit of seasoning while you're actually cooking it. So some people that don't have the capacity to have fresh you know, freshly made burgers by hand or the time to do so because they have a lot of people. It's more cost effective to get the Bubba burgers, which are outstanding. The top of the line for, for frozen burgers. Those are the best. You get those and some people are like, hey, we don't have to season that. If you hear my story in the past on this podcast channel, then you have known that there was a story where in a time where I was grilling at many people's house and you know, they serve hockey pucks and and no seasoned hamburgers that just because they're frozen, you don't have to make it taste like shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, don't go easy on the burgers. Treat them with love. Know how to butcher your meat too. Let's say that you want to get a whole bunch of wings. There's a wing shortage out there. I don't know if you know. So what you can do is get like one of those those packs that are in the carton and they have the entire wing on there. And what you can do is test your butchering skill and make those into party wings. So what happens and what's the difference? Okay, so let me break it down for you real quick. So the one that you get out of the carton is going to be having the flat, it's going to have the drummy, and it's going to have the little wing tip all together. What you want to do is take a sharp knife, make sure you Get your hand out the way. Put it, put it on something that's going to only be used for chicken. Don't want to contaminate anything. And find where the bone separates that joint between the flat and the drummy. And slice that through. And do the same thing with the flat and that wingtip. And slice that through. You'll get the hang of it pretty easy. What you have now is party wings, just like you'll get out of that big plastic bag and it's probably frozen already. So what you got? Two things there. All right. So you got wings that don't require defrosting and you just enhanced your butchering skills. What you can do with those wingtips is you can save those, put them in a little freezer bag or whatever, and use that for chicken broth later. Oh, that is amazing use of your, you know, the way that you use your food from 
use everything that you can possibly do. And I do that with shrimp too. Let's say that you're you're shelling shrimp and uh, you're going to put it on some kebabs. And what do you do with the shrimp? I don't know. Make a stock out of it. Be be resourceful. You know what I mean? What else we got? I mean, you're doing hot dogs? All right, cool. Doing hot dogs. Don't mess up the basics. Stick to the basics and feel comfortable with the basics before you try to show off. If you can't grill hot dogs, I don't know what you're doing. But some people do mess up hot dogs. Why you want to have two-zone cooking that I always preach, always preach, is you always have that safe zone. Just in case that fire got too out of hand and there's too much char coming on that hot dog weenie and you need to get it off the hot flames real quick and your plate's still inside because you didn't plan right, you know? Or it's it's kind of at an awkward position and it's going to take you a while to get that hot dog off of the direct flame. Have a cool zone to pull that over with those tongs, pull up over to the cool zone, do the same thing with the burgers. What I like to do with burgers, actually, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'm going off the dome. I'm going off the dome, son. What um what I will say is try to cook your burgers indirect first, like do a reverse sear, just like I always talk about with steak. It's still beef. And if you have thick burgers, this is the way to go. And if you want to temp check it to see, hey, let me see if I got to a certain doneness that you like, that's how you look like a boss. And how you do that and secure that with a good crust on the burger, maybe some grill marks, and the perfect doneness is the same way you do with steak. You utilize your thermometer. Utilize the meat thermometer for, for everything except hot dogs, just to be on the safe side. What you would appear to be doing is you're appearing to be very thoughtful and technical and going in and making sure everything is on point. And people are going to look at you like, man, he's serious. He got his, he got his apron on. He got, he got a nice pair of tongs. He got his meat thermometer. Oh man, what's going on? And then when they get the food, which it might take longer to get to the perfect temp, just let your people know it's going to take a while to get to the perfect temp. When it gets to the perfect temp of the burger and perfect seasoning, season the thing. At least put some Worcestershire on the thing while it's on the flame and let that thing have a little bit of extra smoky flavor because it's not going to absorb that much smoke if you have wood on there. Just letting you know. So you'll come out like a boss, a pit master boss, if you get the basics right. Yeah. If you want to put cheese on that burger, yeah, put cheese on that burger and make sure you do have a safe zone, a cool zone, so the cheese doesn't melt so much that it's non-existent on that patty. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. Let's talk chicken. Chicken is something that is, <laughs> it could go left, it could go really left. What you don't want to do is have undercooked chicken. Or if you have white meat chicken, you don't want it to be dry. I know you've been to wedding receptions, uh, I don't know, work gatherings, whatever, and someone catered or, or cooked and they had chicken breast. It was dry as hell. And you're like, man, y'all can't cook. It doesn't mean that they can't cook. They underestimate the focus it takes to grow chicken correctly so it's not dry or it's not underdone. What people tend to do, I've talked about this with Terrence and some other people, 
is they like to parboil chicken. Do not do that. You will look like a super amateur doing that. Don't do it. No, no, no. Don't you get out that pot. If you get that pot out, you better be making a low country boil with some crab, some shrimp, some Rajawood sausage, some corn on the cob, some other stuff that you might want to put on it, but you at least have that. I'm just saying, don't you be coming up and <laughs> half stepping. Don't do it. You look like an idiot. You're going to taste all the taste is going to go out of the chicken. You don't want that. You don't want to get to the point where, yeah, I'm just putting it on for get the barbecue sauce. No, don't take the easy way out. You want to have people remember the food in a good way and not just be like, yeah, I should have probably ate before I came here. You don't want to have undercooked chicken. Yeah. You don't want to have a flare-up either. There's a lot of things that could possibly happen with cooking chicken. Flare-ups are more than likely going to be one of them if you don't play your cards right. Right? So you got to be very thoughtful. Use that two-zone cooking. Let me take a sip of beer right now. Shout out to Corona Premier, provided by Harry Ezell III on the um, Father's Day when he came to cook. Yes, please don't be an amateur. Please don't be an amateur. Make sure that what you do is you have the cool zone cooking. Cool, hot, hot, cold. I don't know. If you need to have two grills going at the one time and they're close enough and you can take this, this chicken off and put it over here, whatever whatever you want to do, however your strategy is, make sure that you have a place for the chicken to cook from the indirect heat. Now, here's a dope trick. I'm going to tell you guys a dope trick. If you have a gas grill or a, you can have any type of grill that has a warming rack on it. And you have to have one of those grills. It could be a pellet grill, too. You have to have one of those grills that has the lid, a wide lid. It's like a barrel-shaped grill. It has the, the lid that comes down from the top with the hinges and all that. And you probably can put maybe a rack of ribs width-wise on this thing with no problem. All right? So you know that rack that's at the top, right? Everybody knows. So if you put your chicken on that rack at the top and cook it the whole way through on that rack. I'm telling you that will cook your chicken fast. I don't know why it cooks faster. I think it's because the airflow is at its optimal like speed because it's about to escape the grill. That is, it's about to just dissipate. That's what it's going to do. So what it, the last bit of fun it's going to have is hitting that chicken. Now, what you could do is you can line all the chicken up on the top, turn all the burners on, or have all the areas just hot, hot, hot. You do have to keep an eye on it, though, because it's going to go fast. You get your meat thermometer out there. And so what So what happens? Why, why, are, you, why, why, is this, why are you doing this, Charlie? Okay, so this keeps it from the direct flame. So even if you have a flare-up, even if you have a flare-up, you don't have to take anything off the direct flame. You just have to lift that lid up, and that warming rack is going to go backwards, and it's going to go away from the flame. You got time to make that flame go away, however you do so. I would encourage being careful. <laughs> it's different for every grill. I don't know. You know, Don't pour water on it if you got a propane grill. Don't, don't pour water on it at all. Don't go crazy and get 
the fire extinguisher either. Nobody's eating anything off that grill if you go to the extreme. No, no CO2. No, nah. So you it cooks fast, but it's away from the fire. It's kind of like a Santa Maria grill that it cooks it right over the flame, but it's at a distance. I talk about this a lot too. Talked about it in the last episode of the Backyard Pitmaster podcast. But yes, I'm telling you, it is is something that is going to change your life if you do it right. And I've always had consistent, consistent results using that warm and rack for chicken. So all else fails and you don't have the the time, but you want to make sure that the chicken gets done, put it on the warming rack. For chicken breasts, you kind of want to cook that. And I like how I'm going to say this. Cook it like steak. (laughs) I'm just saying, what you want to do is not want to dry this out. Chicken breast. The, the loin, whatever, the tenderloins you have, fine. You want to cook it to 170, go a little bit over that 165 recommended. But if you go over 170, you're starting to dry this thing out really quickly. So you want to take it off at 165 and let it carry over. But first, to make sure that it doesn't dry out on the grill, is you want to cook it indirect. And then at the end, right before you get closer to that doneness temperature, before you get to the carryover, when you're taking off a little rest, you put it on that flame so it can get the grill marks. It's going to get all the grill and smoky flavor from the grill, from the ambient everything. So it's just like you're smoking chicken. If you ever cook chicken on a charcoal grill or a propane grill, you kind of learn over time what works and doesn't work. Now, I'll tell you, if you're a beginner and you really want to make everything shine real nicely, you get you a nice glaze and you glaze it and put it over the heat, direct heat at the end, you'll get a perfect glaze across the grill marks and it's not going to overcook your chicken. Even if you want to glaze this or use it as a, a basting liquid while it's cooking indirect, then that would also ensure optimal moist and juiciness inside. The best option that you can do to avoid needing to have to do most of this is marinate your chicken. Now, another step with this is to brine your chicken. You will get the best flavor ever if you brine your chicken, no matter if it's dark meat, white meat, whatever. If you brine your chicken in heavy salt, some pepper, And whatever herbs that you want to put in, let it go for a while. Once you take it out the brine, you want to pat it dry. Now, since you had all that salt in there, you want to go light with the salt. You can use a rub that possibly has a low salt content. And you want to put it on the grill then. You don't want to salt this thing like you normally would a chicken that you didn't brine. It's going to be really salty if you do that. All else fails, you can wash it off real quick and then pat it dry, and it's going to get the exterior salt off of the chicken, and it's still going to have the the permeated type of, you know, what the brine does. You know how it works. It breaks down the tissues and all that and makes it real tender. So that'll help you not have a dry chicken. I like doing that. If you have the opportunity, prepare in advance to brine or marinate. So you can brine, marinate. I wouldn't do both. Seems like overkill. But 
do one or the other, and it would enhance your chances to have really juicy chicken. All right. Now, the cardinal rule, don't use aluminum foil on the grill grates. <laughs> don't do it. Don't you do it. I know you don't want to flare up. I know you don't want to flare up, but have you ever tried to do this or seen somebody do that? And you're like, yeah, I want to make sure, you know, cleanup's easy. I don't want to clean up the grill or to worry about flare up and to put foil on. Then they cook the chicken on top of the foil. Now it, it gets some grill flavor because of the, the smoke that's, that's hitting the fire or the juices that hitting the fire and it's causing the smoke in there. Or you can have a smoke tube. I'll get to that in a minute. But no, don't do that. Because what's going to happen, You and you've probably seen somebody do this, is going to take the tongs or whatever, try to turn the chicken, and it tears the aluminum foil anyway. So you wasted your time. Uh, or you can have a piece of that aluminum foil come off when you're putting the meat in a container and someone's looking at it and they're like, ooh. You put foil on your grill grate while you're cooking anything, you're going to look like an amateur. Don't do it. The goal is not to look like an amateur. All right. So let's take a break real quick and let's um let's do some promotion here. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of the things before we go into the next segment of the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Charlie Maverick and we can chop it up. You can give me some ideas for the show. You give me some feedback. That's right. So if you want to support the podcast, make sure that you are using that cash app label that is shown on the screen here at the Mavcast if it's audio only. I am Charlie Maverick, and this is the Pitmaster Podcast, the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast, brought to you by Restream, streaming on all social networks. I want to give a shout out to Daddy's Girls Bakery, small business in Charleston, South Carolina. Go check them out at 2021 Reynolds Avenue, Suite B102 in North Charleston. When you're in the Charleston area, get some of those nice Charleston chewies. Oh, they are world famous. And then go ahead and check out Terrence P. Elmore at the Brown Sugar Cafe. This guy does awesome work. Check it out at brownsugarcafe.blog. Yes. And check out the other podcasts on the podcast channel. Let's talk about the Cooking Grits podcast with myself and Mama Maverick. Where we talk about everything Southern families talk about in the kitchen while cooking on Sunday. We talk about grits, but we talk about so much more. Tune in for the laughs and everything there. Oh, yeah. So, after that, if you want to learn something about tech, check out the Mav Tech Podcast hosted by myself. Yes, and I drop some knowledge on you about smart home tech some smartphone tech and anything that happens in the world of technology that i think you guys might want to know about or that interests me some reviews and some interviews with some good folks yes 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 and let's not forget about the flagship the 
Mavcast podcast hosted by myself, where I have a plethora of guests, topics, and this is more about culture, lifestyle, and, you know, whatever's going on in the world that we need to talk about. It could be something about TV and movie reviews, which it usually is. Tune in. Yes, I have great guests, great topics, and you're always welcome to listen, share, subscribe, and promote the podcast to your friends let them know that we are in this piece trying to do good things yes 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 uh so let's get back to the show uh all right so you guys you guys you guys you guys so what we talk about so far you've been keeping track you've been keeping track yeah so let's talk about something real quick so we talk about chicken hamburgers hot dogs all right cool now now it's your time <laughs> to do the big stuff you want to get to the ribs all right i'm not going to school you on how to do ribs everybody has their own little way i'm not that type of person to say you do it one way versus the other and it's the correct way versus the wrong way i will say you just make sure that you have tender ribs and very flavorful ribs. It's hard to mess up ribs. I, I don't know. Some people do mess them up. Don't cook them on the direct flame the whole time. Do you get fancy with it? I, I don't really I don't really see you messing up ribs unless you burn them or I mean I, I've done that. <laughs> or you don't get them tender enough. You try to cook them too fast. So I will give you a little bit of advice. All right. Just in case you don't know, because I didn't know. Let's talk about it. So, you get your uh, rack of ribs, baby backs, whatever they are, spare ribs. You trim them up. Please trim them up. Take that membrane off. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to take it off. A lot of people don't take it off. You can score it. You know, just take your knife through it, blah, 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 and do like that. Put your favorite rub on there. Let it set. Get the moisture out. And then, I'd say try to cook this on indirect heat until you see the rub tack up where you can put your finger on it and it doesn't come off keep moisturizing your ribs by using a spritz when it gets dry make sure that you keep it moist you want to get to a nice mahogany deep mahogany color before you wrap it i would say fail safe it fail safe is if you have a lot of ribs and you want the more consistent product you do everything the same way i've done ribs over the high heat before and when it got to the color i liked i wrapped them and it still came out good but you i think you do want to wrap and what what wrapping does even if it's foil or butcher paper what wrapping does is it actually gives you the fail safe to say hey at the end of this the ribs are at least going to be juicy it's going to be tender and nobody's going to have their dentures come out when they bite into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see many things. So wrap them. You don't have to put sauce on them. You can keep them, whatever, but at least try to wrap them and take them to a temperature that is about 200. You can take it over, but make sure that if you put a toothpick into the foil, that it pulls out without resistance. And then you know you're ready. All right. Let's, let's say you want to do some pork butt. Plan ahead for these type of cooks. You don't want to start. You don't want to start when the people start showing up, 
or they won't get any, especially the pork butt. Don't try to cook that too fast. Cook it as long as it takes. This brings up a good point, which Terrence brought up when we were talking. Make sure you start the cook ahead of time. <laughs> so you don't have to tell your people, hey, the sun's going down, go down before you get this. Sometimes you don't always have time to plan. Sometimes you get a curveball and say, hey, I didn't know that I was going to cook this. Maybe you showed up to somebody's cookout and you were designated as the grill guy. I don't know. It happened to me a lot. And I didn't know I was working with. And then you end up being on the grill all day. You don't really know how long something's going to take, especially if it's not your grill. And especially if it's not a cut of meat that size and cut that you're used to working with. And especially if you didn't prepare, like prep this meat, you don't. This is unknown to you. You can examine it, but you didn't. <laughs> it's going to sound weird. You didn't get to know it. <laughs> you you got to get familiar. You know what I'm saying? This sounds weird, but hey, it'll make sense. Get familiar. Learn the if it's uneven, if it's even, what, what you need to do to compensate for your cuts being uneven. Make sure that with the grill that you're working with, if, it's a, if the fire is pointing one way, if you use an offset grill, you might have to rotate this thing so it gets even cooking. Ah, you, you just got to prepare and get to know what you're working with. Know your area. Be comfortable with the tools that you're using. And look, you're going to look like a pit master boss. I'm telling you. So schedule out how you want to do your, your meat. You want to do something like hamburger hot dogs first. Because those hold better for long duration and time, and nobody really cares about how they reheat unless they're getting they want a, like a gourmet style that's not kind of like a cookout burger that's cooked mainly to about the same temperature of doneness, which is probably over one fifty, you know, it, done all the way through. You, you want to cook those first, hot dogs and all that, all that little stuff first, and. You want to get some important stuff, like some complicated stuff in there or vice versa. If you have only a certain amount of space to cook with and you have a long cook like a pork butt, you want to cook that at a time. Nobody cares to watch you cook this while you're cooking it because it's going to take about five, six, seven hours. Who's going to stay there and watch you? Tell me. The only time that somebody stayed and watched me cook a pork butt, they didn't really watch me, but they went out once in a while to check with me, is when a family came for a holiday. There was nothing else to do. <laughs> Where are we going? It's a holiday. Where are you going? Nothing else to do but to watch me or watch the game, and there was no game on. So... At that time, at least. So there you go. Prepare your your cooking sessions out so you can have certain things ready at a at a proper time, so people won't be knocking down the door like, "Hey, how much time's left?" I don't know, man. What are you doing? Is there anything done? No. It, sometimes, again, sometimes there's always exceptions. You get stuck in a situation where you know you didn't really prepare, right? I do it a lot of times when trying to cook dinner. Like, hey, I kind of wanted this. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, 
all right um we ain't gonna eat for a while <laughs> as long as you let the people know and they're still gonna ask is it done yet is it done yet and you're gonna be like well not yet but i'll let you know as soon as it comes off be polite so people don't understand if they don't grow people don't understand that sometimes it takes really long times to get stuff done not every cut of meat is the same if you're not on the your grill, which I assume you would be on your grill most of the time during this holiday, you might be at a at a vacation spot and say communal grill or something that's not yours, a portable grill that you just bought and like, hey, I'm going camping. Those of you that like camping, you might be at the park, the water park. Oh, that's a big thing, and they have those grills out there with the open face grills. You know, that, that's all good. I hope you don't have to use that. I really hope you don't. Take your own grill. That's a good advice. Find your own cheap grill. It doesn't matter the, the the quality of the grill if you're going to cook in a setting like a park or something like that. It depends on your skill level. It's not the pit. It's the pit master that makes the food. Just like it's not the gun that kills. It's the person that squeezes the trigger. Know what you're doing, and you can you can always adjust when needed. Along the way, always adjust when you need it. The key is be comfortable with making adjustments on the fly and being prepared. Always be as as prepared as you can, because when you light up that grill, you don't want to have to go to the store. You don't want to have to do that. All right. So I hope I didn't overwhelm you with a whole bunch of information. But I hope I prepared you to be the best pit master, the best backyard pit master that you can be and impress the family that's coming over. Look, it's, it's still a pandemic, even though it doesn't feel like it. And people are just getting out that have been locked down for months. They haven't seen you in over a year. Or if you haven't been visiting family and friends that often before the pandemic, it could have been a year added on to whatever time that was already there that you haven't seen each other. And these people are coming hungry. They're excited to see you. Don't fail them. Don't fail them. Just like chefs put in work and put in effort, put their heart into grilling, do not treat grilling as a second-rate way of preparing food. A lot of people feel that way, and I'm not sure why, but I'm here to help you change their minds. Put some spec on your name. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Hey, if you guys want to support the show, please, 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 please visit Cash app and type in the Mavcast and send however much you want. I'm not asking for a lot, but if you like this content, and as you notice, the sound quality gets better. So it's doing something. Something's happening. I'm doing something with the money. <laughs> I'm doing something with the money. I'm doing I am doing something. Look, look, listen, listen. I'm doing something with the money. Do you see all this extravagant shit that's happening in the background now? All right, thank you. So, <laughs> support, support me and the podcast channel. Support everybody that you can that are content creators out there. And always, always be blessed. 
highly favored. Stay safe. And, you know, if there's a fire out there, I don't know. They have some good tongs. <laughs> Until next time, people, you guys be great. You guys be great. Roll up with something. Roll up with something dope. You hear that? Uh, 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 uh. Check me out next time. Yeah. Yeah. Check me out.